You know, it's true that man shall not live by bread alone, but we all need a little buttering up from time to time. <laughs> right? This is Hope Lives 365 with Pastor Mark Finley. Today's message, Resolving Conflict, Part 2. Enjoy and remember you can always catch up with past messages and stay up to date with Hope Lives 365 and Pastor Mark by going to hopelives365.com. And now, Pastor Mark Finley. It's true that man shall not live by bread alone. But I'll tell you, we need a little buttering up at times. Who can you give a compliment to? Who can you bless? Pastor Arthur Ward put it this way. Flatter me and I may not believe you. Criticize me and I may not like you. Ignore me and I may not forgive you until I listen to Dick Tibbetts, then I will. Encourage me and I'll not forget you. Love me and I may be forced to love you. Pew Research Project report on February 13, 2006 revealed that people who attend church weekly are happier than those who attend monthly or less. Well, here's two things tonight. You want to live longer? Head for that Bible-believing, truth-centered, Christ-centered church. May the churches this Sabbath be filled in Orlando. But if you want to be happier, Pew Research says, February 13, 206, people attend church tend to be happier. So here are two health principles. One, let's read it. If you want to be healthy, invest in developing healthy relationships. Two, relationships developed in the context of a loving church environment reduce the risk of mortality and increase life's happiness. To have healthy relationships, we must invest in them. Relationships don't just happen. But relationships developed in the context of a healthy church environment make all the difference. But let me be honest with you tonight. Here's the third principle. At times, friends will let you down. At times, the church is going to disappoint you. But there is one, there is one, there is one that you can depend on at all times. He says in John chapter 15, verse 15, No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends. For all things that I heard from my Father, I made known to you. Jesus says to you tonight, you are my friend. You are my friend, to be a friend of God. I love that old hymn, don't you? What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. You have a friend that can bear your burdens. Have we trials and temptations? Is there trouble anywhere? You have a friend. We should never be discouraged. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Can we find a friend so faithful? Who will all our sorrows share? Jesus knows our every weakness. Take it to the Lord in prayer. There are three things about the friendship of Jesus I want to share with you tonight. First... Jesus is a friend who is eternally committed to you. He's eternally committed to us. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. He's not merely with you when things are going good and then leaves you when you have reverses and things are going bad in your life. Hebrews 13, 5, let your conduct be without covetousness. Be content with the things that you have for he himself has said. What has he said? I will never leave you nor forsake you. 
Jesus said to his disciples, read it together with me, please. Matthew 28, verse 20, reading together. Lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Christ is a friend that is eternally with you. He's with you in your joys when you laugh. He's with you in your sorrows, when you wipe away your tears. He's with you when you're on the mountain peak of health and when, you, when disease racks your body. He's with you when you are financially doing well and prospering and when you are financially having reverses in your life. He's with you when you feel you're on the mountaintop and he's with you when you're on the valley. Christ is an eternal friend. A friend of mine described it this way. I lived in Chicago for many years, and for many years, the Sears Tower was the tallest building in the world. It's not any longer. There are a couple buildings taller than it, 1,353 feet. And one day he said to me, Jesus is like the elevator man. I kind of looked at him. I thought it was a little bit crass until he explained. He said, Jesus is like the elevator man. I said, what do you mean? He said, oh, my life is like that elevator in the Sears Tower. It goes up and down. He said, Mike, feelings like the elevator, taking Chicago's tourists to the observation deck on the 110th floor. He said, things, when things are going well and my health and finances and my relationship are great, I live on the 110th floor. You know, it's like that elevator, just go whoop. That's what my feelings are. But then he said, sometimes things go bad in my life and my feelings plummet faster than the elevator and I'm a basement dweller on the bottom floor. But he said, you know what? Jesus is like the elevator operator because whether the elevator goes up or the elevator goes down, Jesus is still there. My feelings about where Jesus is in my life do not determine where Jesus is in my life. My circumstances of life, whether I'm financially prosperous or financially in difficulty, whether I have abundant health or poor health, whether I have, whether I'm on top of in filled with joy or whether I'm discouraged. Those feelings or circumstances do not determine where Jesus is. Jesus is a friend who's eternally committed to us. Secondly, Jesus is a friend who uniquely understands us. Have you ever felt in your life, nobody understands me? I've just gone through the trauma of a divorce, somebody says. Nobody understands what it's like to be a woman 48 years old, to have your kids in their 20s, they now are married, your husband leaves you for his secretary, and you're alone, and it's midnight, and you're crying yourself to sleep in an empty house. You cry out, nobody understands me. Going through chemotherapy, radiation therapy, you say, I can't take this sickness that I reacted to the chemo. Nobody understands. My family, they've not been through this. They don't understand Financial reverses, where are you, God? Do you understand me now? Hebrews 2, verse 17, Therefore, in all things, he had to be made like us, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God, to make propitiation for the sins of the people. Hebrews 4, 14 to 16, Seeing then that we have a great high priest, who's passed the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession, for we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted like we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly, that means confidently, with assurance to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Jesus understands you. Jesus is not merely a God 
isolated from human sorrow. But Jesus entered into human affairs. He took upon himself human flesh. He faced disappointment and sorrow. He faced anguish. He faced poverty. He faced rejection. Jesus knows what it is like to be filled with sorrow and difficulty and pain. Jesus understands us because he continually identifies with us. Whatever you are going through tonight, Jesus can identify with you. He has gone through. Whatever you're experiencing at this moment, Jesus understands because he has experienced those emotional and mental feelings. He understands what it's like to be rejected. Teenager says, I feel so rejected. I, this group of guys that I've been going with, they have rejected me. I seem to be the outcast. May I remind you, if you feel rejected as a teenager, you feel rejected as a wife or a spouse, you feel rejected as a husband, you feel that somebody has rejected you. They've talked about you. They've criticized you. You feel torn down. They've mocked you and ridiculed you. May I remind you tonight that Jesus came unto his own and his own received him not. He understands what it's like to be rejected. He understands what it's like to be ridiculed. He feels the pain in his heart that you feel. He understands what it's like to be treated unjustly. A businessman sat down with me a few days ago and says, I have just about lost my business. I'm going heavily in debt because a business partner treated me unjustly. Do you feel you've been treated unjustly, treated unfairly? You've invested a great deal in a relationship, and that relationship is crumbled. You do not deserve the treatment that you have, been, that you have gotten. The Bible does not teach that life is fair. Life is not always fair. It's not fair for a baby to be born of a crack parent, smoking crack, and for the baby to be afflicted with that crack tendency. It's not fair for a baby of an AIDS mother to be born HIV positive. It's not fair for children in remotest Africa to be starving to death, or children in India. I've walked the streets of India and seen these little waifs, these little children starving to death. That is unfair. This world is not fair. It's not fair for a young Christian, young man, 17 years old, studying for the ministry, to be coming home from school when he's just enrolled in college at 17 or 18 years old, coming home one day and have a drunk driver hit him, and the drunk driver survives, and that young man dies. Life is not always fair but God is. And one day he will set all things right. When you go through injustice, when you go through unfairness, there is one who uniquely understands because it was not fair that they put the crown of thorns upon his head. It was not fair that they nailed him on that cross. It was not fair that they speared him in the side. And when you cry out and say, this is not fair, Jesus says, my child, I know it's not fair. I know it's not fair. I know it's unjust. And although the world treats you unfairly, I'll minister my love and grace to your heart. I'll hold you in my arms. I'll whisper encouragement to you because hold on, my child, because one day I'm going to sit on my throne. One day righteousness is going to reign. And one day all the injustice of the world is going to be over. 
We'll be right back with Pastor Mark Finley. We thank you for listening and hope you're enjoying today's message. Our mission is to attractively present the Christ-centered biblical truths of Scripture in a practical, relevant way to people around the world so that they may experience the abundant life that Christ offers and effectively share with confidence His life-changing truths with others. You can support this ministry and help us reach even more by going to hopelives365.com slash donate. And now, back to Pastor Mark Finley. Jesus understands what it's like to be betrayed by somebody extremely close to you. Have you been betrayed in a relationship? A child betrayed you. Said some things that were really nasty. A close friend betrayed you. A husband or wife betrayed you. Have you ever felt that betrayed? So betrayed that it rips you apart inside. So betrayed that the pain is too difficult to handle. Look to that cross. There is one called Jesus. Judas, one of his close friends, betrayed him. Peter, one of his disciples, denied him. And the rest of the disciples fled. The nation he came to redeem stood there while the Romans nailed him to the cross. Jesus understands betrayal. You see, Jesus understands every aspect of our lives. He understands what it's like to have your body racked with pain because his was on the cross. But somebody says, wait a minute, Pastor. Let's get real here. I'm trying to give up alcohol. I'm trying to give up tobacco. I have physical cravings that just drive me. I'm locked in a problem of drug addiction. Pastor, Jesus never faced those things, so how can he understand them? When Christ fasted for 40 days in the wilderness, the physical cravings that Jesus had in his body were greater than any physical craving you will ever have. So Jesus understands what it's like to be alone. He understands loneliness. He understands rejection. He understands poverty. He understands what it means to have no place to lay your head because the Bible says the foxes have holes and the birds of their nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. He understands drivings and cravings. You can come to that Jesus and say, Lord, I'm coming to you. The one who is eternally committed to me. The one who will never leave me or forsake me. The one who is the friend that is always there. The one who uniquely understands every aspect of my life. Christ has experienced the full gamut of human emotions. If anyone understands us, Jesus does. But it takes more than the assurance that he's with us. It takes more than the assurance that he understands us to get through life. You know, the island of Molokai was an island where lepers were dropped off by the hundreds. Molokai is one of the Hawaiian islands. For centuries, leprosy was a dreaded scourge. One of the most well-known leper colonies was on the island of Molokai, or better known as Kalupapa. It's one of the Hawaiian islands. In the late 19th century, hundreds of lepers arrived by ship. They were sometimes told to jump overboard and swim for their lives. They were isolated on this island. The ship's crew would then throw into the water whatever supplies had been sent, relying on currents to carry them ashore or the exiles swimming to retrieve them. Damien de Vusta, missionary to the lepers, decided 
that he would go and live. He would leave the comforts of home. He'd leave the convenience of home. He would leave the safety and security of home. He said, these lepers need somebody to minister to them, somebody that understands them. He went to this leper colony. Not only did he shout encouragement from afar, he came, he lived among them, he ministered to their needs, he taught them how to make gardens, he taught them how to make their houses. This missionary identified with the lepers. They sensed that he was one of them. And then there came that day, after spending 16 years of selfless, loving service, that he too developed leprosy. And he died. Jesus was not content to be separate from the leprosy of this world. He came and he bore the impact of ridicule and mockery and shame. He took the results of the sin of this world upon himself. He was condemned for sins in which he had no share. So we could receive the righteousness in which we have no share. He died the death that was ours so we could live the life that is his. He's eternally with us. He understands us, but he no longer hangs on that cross. The grave could not hold him. He is alive. He's risen from the dead. Just as Father Damien fully understood the lepers of Malachi, this living Christ fully understands you. Jesus totally understands you. In loneliness, he understands you. When you feel weak, he understands you. When you feel powerless, he understands you. When you feel rejected, he understands you. When you feel that there is no hope, he understands you. When there are tears running down your face, he puts his arms around you, he understands you. Because here, the Bible says in Isaiah 63, verse 9, in all their affliction, he was afflicted. He went through what you're going through. The angel of his presence saved them. In his love and his pity, he redeemed them. And he bore them and carried them all the days of old. Christ not only is with us, Christ not only understands us, but he carries us in our difficulties. He carries us in the burdens of life that we face. Here's the third point. Christ is alive. He is a friend ever interceding for us. Jesus is alive at the throne of God. And as we come to that throne, he gives to us strength for life's journey. Hebrews 7.25 says, Therefore, he is also able to save to the uttermost those that come to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. You are not alone. The Christ that is with us, the Christ that understands us, we come. We say, Lord, this is unjust. He says, my child, come. I will take away that horror out of your life. I'll take away that anxiety, that stress, that tension. I'll fill your life with peace. He says, casting all your care upon me because I care for you. We can throw the full weight of our anxiety on him. He has the wisdom. He has the strength. When life seems tough, when up seems down, when the journey seems long, when the road seems arduous, when there are mountains before you, the one who is with us and the one who understands will give you power on life's journey. All we need, he supplies. Jeremiah 29 verse 11 says, For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and to give you a hope. Jesus Christ has good for you. Jesus Christ desires you to live life 
filled with joy, filled with meaning, filled with happiness. Not because there are no problems in your life. Not because everything goes good. But because he's with you. Because he understands. Because he will empower you. Because he'll take that sorrow and dry your tears and put a spring in your step and put joy in your heart. Because he'll lift the burden and carry it in your life in, from your life and place it upon his shoulders. I love that old song. Just when I need him, Jesus is near. Just when I falter, just when I fear. Ready to help me, ready to cheer. Just when I need him most. Just when I need him most. Just when I need him most. Jesus is near to comfort and cheer just when I need him most. Do you need Jesus' comfort tonight? Do you need him to lift some burden in your life tonight? Did you come into this meeting tonight with some heavy burden? Jesus wants to lift it. As Charles sings, why not bow your head and say, Jesus, I'm giving you that burden. Jesus, I'm giving you that thing that's crushing out my joy. I'm giving it to you now. I want to leave this place, a new man or new woman. Jesus says, come unto me, all you that are burdened and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. He'll take that burden. He's eternally with us. He forever understands us. He's there to heal broken hearts. He's there to lift heavy burdens. Listen as Charles sings. Just as I need him, Jesus is near. Just when I falter, just when I fear. Ready to help me, ready to Just when I need him most, Jesus is there to comfort and cheer. Just as I need him most, just as I need him, Jesus is true. Just when I need him, 
Jesus is strong. Do you feel weak tonight? Jesus is strong. Bearing my burdens all the day long. Some burden you have tonight, Jesus wants to bear it. For all my sorrow, giving a song just when I need him most. You've been listening to Hope Lives 365 with Pastor Mark Finley. We hope you've enjoyed today's message and remind you that you can find more in our many ministry resources at hopelives365.com. And you can support this ministry by going to hopelives365.com donate. And now, a final thought from Pastor Mark. I love that song, Trust and Obey, for there is what? Nor the way to be what? Happy in who? Jesus. Are you happy in Jesus? Are you happy in Jesus? Trust and obey for there is no other what? Way to be happy in Jesus. When we trust and obey, the blessings of God fall upon our lives. When we trust and obey, our faith grows. When we trust and obey, Humbly, we reach out to others that are our enemies. We trust and obey. We leave the cave and stand on the mountain and recognize that God has a plan for our lives that we can't imagine. 